You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. You know what, Kevin? We will start in a second. I've just got to figure out which uh, which show we're up to. Up to Geekiest Show Ever, episode 116. Welcome back, every single listener that's out there, all three of you. Uh, you know, what, what, what can I say? You know, I'd like to say there's four, but I only ever hear from the same three. So, yeah, yeah. And, oh, and, then, nah. and then some people, I don't know who listens to what shows of mine, because, you know, we get messages coming through saying, I listened to four of your five shows. And it's like, yeah, uh, which four, though? It's driving me absolutely insane, Kevin. I know, and that's my fault, too. <laughs> Oh, it's torturous. But I've got some news. I'm actually dropping a couple of the shows. I'm dropping uh, Track Talk, International Film Club Podcast, and the Nintendo Podcast. And, uh, you know, this was something that wasn't taken lightly. It was something that, you know, I love doing these shows. And it's because I'm going back to do full-time study. So I'm going back to do a Bachelor of Arts specializing in writing and publication. And... I just, you know, 20 hours full-time for three years. There's no way that I can record and edit, you know, 10 to 12 hours worth of audio shows every week and still maintain the study load and maintain the family sanity. So I've had to step aside and do things a bit differently. Now, something like Geekiest Show Ever, we're we're still going to keep it going, me and Kevin. We've had initial discussions. Kevin's going to perhaps take on a couple of the editing responsibilities, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, But the reason why I couldn't do the other shows is it was all research-based. So every week with the film show, I had to watch a new film. I had to uh, play some games with the Nintendo one. I had to listen to some music with the the, uh, Track Talk one. And, And whilst I loved doing that, and I will continue doing that, I just couldn't commit to it on a weekly basis. Whereas, Kevin, as you know, I just rock up here, absolutely nothing in mind, and we just have a good old chat for an hour. Yeah, you do. And so now not only do I have to come up with the ideas and be the intellectual stimuli behind the show. Absolutely. Now, now I'm actually going to have to do some physical work and maybe put some hands on the keyboard and take over doing some of the editing for you. But we, know. Yeah, isn't, I, isn't it shocking that, that I ask for so much and give so little in return? No, I'm used to it. The... Uh, <laughs> No, it's. Uh, I think it. First of all, all let me put all jokes aside. Out, son of a bitch, that hurt. Oh, I sit my hand on my desk. Um, I, I want to congratulate you publicly. I think it's. I think it's amazing that you're doing this, especially given your advanced years. I think it's 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 amazing that you're going back to school. Um, what's really odd, and uh, of all the things, is when you told me about that. I was actually taking an online writing course at the time. Wow. Be- cool. Because because you know what my thing is. I want to start to getting into writing uh, software reviews and short articles and things like that. So I'm trying to beef up my skills because most of what I've done up until this point in my career is I do kind of, for lack of a better, a better way to say it, technical writing, short mm-hmm. blurbs, um, this needs to do this, this way, such and such sort of thing, or you know, very, very, very technical. But uh, I, I still think it's awesome. I, I told my family about that. They were all quite impressed, and they all wish you the very, very best. Oh, a heartfelt, you. very, very best for you. So um, I think, I think it's wonderful. But uh, yeah, I'm going to actually take on the editing show, fo- the editing of the show, folks. So I can no longer blame Mark 
for any faux pas in the editing. Now, he will still have to bring his persona to the show. and he'll I'll, have I'll to never lose that, Kevin. I know. That's what makes it interesting. Because as you say, I blame the poor little Aussie. <laughs> Indeed, you do. You blame me like nothing else. So no, I'll continue to do that. <laughs> we're going to test it. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I've got to admit, a lot of the editing... Because I work with such good people, yourself included, Kevin, I don't actually need to do a lot of editing. There's only the, the very, you know, occasional time where it's like, oh, okay, I've got to take that out because there was a cough like I did 30 seconds ago. Um, but beyond that, it's pretty much sit down, listen back, and have another laugh at ourselves being absolute morons. And then just, you know, put the bumper on the beginning of the show, at the end of the show, and GarageBand exporting it and sending it out to the listeners. Um, you know, that's the easy, easiest way I can explain it. And even with not another Mac podcast, I don't do a lot of editing. It's more, I just listen back and I, I just enjoy the show. I, I jot down some notes and I, I do it that way. Uh, Tim Robertson does it a different one on TechFan. He just records the show uh, live in GarageBand, fixes it up as he goes along, makes the show notes and, and then exports the the file and, and pumps it out. So he doesn't even do any post-production work. He does it all live. So everyone handles that differently. Um, although I will say, and, and Tim will probably kill me for this, but there are moments in TechFan where I go, Tim, you let that go through, please. <laughs> you know, cut <laughs> cut that heavy breathing section out or, or you know. <sighs> <clears throat> oh, jeez, my computer just fogged up then. The screen just went all foggy. Um you know, look, the, the one thing with Tim, every time it gets around about 41 minutes, I hear him lighting up a cigarette. And as a reformed smoker who hasn't had a cigarette for six years, damn you, Tim, damn you. you every time <laughs> I hear that, it's like, oh, yes, I want one. Thank God I don't go back to it, though. I, I must admit, I'm, I'm really glad that I, I quit and I, I've never gone back. It's uh, I do things cold turkey, Kevin. I just, you know, I, I don't need to, you know, I, I have these addictions. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I've got a smoking addiction. Every time I, I smell smoke from someone smoking, I get a craving. It's in my blood. It's in my system. I want it, but I just don't go ahead and do it. And, uh, it's just pure willpower. I never did a 30 day plan to stop smoking. I never did a, let's put the patches on or let's chew the gum. I just went, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Boom. And I got past three days. The first three days were horrendous. Then I got through three weeks. Pretty bad. Three months. Never touched it again. So, uh, yeah. I'll have, I'll have to give you credit. That's pretty admirable. That's that's one thing that um, I have never smoked on. A, I, I never smoke cigarettes. And to this day, if I smell a cigarette, it I, I don't object to people smoking. That's fine. You're welcome to do that. That's your, that's your right and privilege. I don't deny that. But as I've got the older I get, the uh, cigarette smoke actually makes me feel physically ill if I mm-hmm. smell it now. Yep. And I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know what it is about. I can tolerate uh, pipes and tobacco, uh, cigars and stuff like that. But cigarette smoke itself actually, of course, I know they put Crap so out. many chemicals, oh, so yeah. much in the. You, you know, um, it's, it's, no, it's no longer nicotine. It's no longer you know, what a cigarette was, say, 40 years, 50 years ago. Um, you know, it's they've got some really, really serious chemicals in there now. Um, and, it, you know, it's just one of those things that you go, 
okay, even if you did enjoy it as a pastime, do you really want to throw the crap into your body anymore? Because it's not the good stuff. It's not the stuff that... Even me, you know, I started smoking when I was maybe 17, I want to say. Maybe late 16s, early 17, something around that, that stage. And the cigarettes then were different to what they are now. We're talking late 90s here. And it's even changed in, in that 15-year period. So imagine even before that, you know, I, I look at my, my family, you know, um, my grandmother was a smoker, uh, parents were smokers and, and so forth, up until maybe the early 70s, and then they all kind of just stopped. I don't know how, because I wasn't born until the late 70s, but they all stopped. And, and But the family were smokers. And, um, you know, interestingly... They, they never had any problems. They all, all lived well into their 90s and, and all lived full lives. And it was, it's, you think now, how didn't they get lung cancer? Um, you know, or how didn't they get emphysema or anything like that? And it's like, I don't know, maybe there's some crap that they put in the cigarettes these days that totally changed them. I mean, I know there's tar in there and it's like, why, why are we smoking bitumen? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know either because I know, um, I had uh, uh, an uncle that smoked well into his 80s. Now, he did die of cancer, but it wasn't lung cancer. I had mm-hmm. an aunt that smoked uh, up into her 70s. Uh, now, she did pass away of lung cancer. And then, um, i trying to think, uh, my wife's dad smoked for years and years. Or not dad, uh, grandfather smoked for years and years. And he finally just gave up because he didn't want to spend the money anymore. Yeah. Oh, jeez. You know what? It was getting expensive when I gave up six years ago. Because uh, I was smoking at the time. Uh, my, my cigarettes of choice were Dunhill Blue. I'm not sure if you'd have those in the United States or not. Uh, but they're a, a cigarette that comes out of the UK. And they're probably the cream of the crop. They're, you know, they're, they're right up there as the best quality you can get. And always very smooth and luxurious and you know trust me i smoked some crap in my day i remember smoking camel cigarettes and i know you guys have that in the u.s uh that's where they started camel advertising 20 milligram unfiltered camel cigarettes was my very first cigarette i had two back to back let me put it this way i was off my face almost wanting to pass out you know remember i was 16 i'd never tried this before an unfiltered 20 milligrams it was like wow you know blew my head off um so surprising that i did continue to smoke but anyway uh, i finally after years of testing came and found yes it's, it's those dunhill blue that are absolutely perfect and and just the right strength and just the right smoothness and 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 you know i'm salivating at the mouth talking about it kevin <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those bastard topics and you know we didn't even have this pre-show um <laughs> Jeez, uh, look, you know, seriously, I, I would never go back to smoking. You know what? When I quit, I, I said to Gretel, "Listen, I'm I'm going to quit smoking, but I'm not going to promise you that I'll never take it up again. I'm not going to turn around and say, you know what? I'm never going to smoke again in my life because, as, as I said, it's in my system. I I smell it. I want it. I just refrain from doing it. And you know, I sort of believe in, in the philosophy of, you know, once you're addicted to something like that, you're addicted for life. Um, so, you know, been six years without it, hopefully in another 60 years without it, if I live that long, um, 
probably won't, but, you know, it's one of those things <laughs> that, you know... Look, if I got diagnosed with lung cancer tomorrow, I'd buy a packet of cigarettes and go, oh, fuck this. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to go down in flames. Uh, but look, you know, I'd tell you what, you feel healthier, you feel happier, and, and your wallet feels so much heavier. I mean, those things are damn expensive. It was costing me like $12 a packet back in the day, and I think they're about $15, $16 a packet now. And look, you know, I was the type of person who would go through a packet a day. You know, imagine Ooh. how much money I was spending. So, you know, it it was a lot of money, and it was just stupid. And thank God I'm past it. Yeah, I, uh, I had, I, I honestly do not know what a pack of cigarettes cost here in the United States, and it varies very widely across the country. The funny thing is, here in uh, I live in Virginia, uh, hence my Twitter handle, Big in Virginia. The um, and Virginia is a huge tobacco growing state. When you drive through the capital of Virginia, you can smell – you don't smell burning tobacco, mm-hmm. and, but I've been around it enough in my life, my whole life, that you can smell the tobacco being cured and and uh, being ready processed. I'm trying to remember uh, – that's terrible. Uh, Reynolds Tobacco is big down in Richmond, Virginia. And there's nothing, but as you drive down the interstate, Interstate 95, which runs the, almost the entire east coast of the United States from mm-hmm. uh, Miami all the way up into Maine. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it runs the entire way. But as you take 95 through Richmond, you can smell the tobacco. And then yeah. as you go further down 95, you start to see as you get into the Carolinas, North Carolina, South Carolina, you can see the tobacco fields spreading out for miles in, in all directions hmm. around you. So. I'm around it a lot, but it's just one thing. It, thank God, and for my wallet mainly, and and other things. I've got other things I do that are bad for my health. That is one thing that I never did do. Yeah, I never smoked a cigarette, and that that's great because Gretel's the same. She's never smoked in her life at all, and um, oh, I didn't say I never smoked. I just said never a cigarette. Oh well, Gretel can top you there. She hasn't done anything at all, and. Huh. Look, I've never done anything stronger than a cigarette. I've never smoked anything stronger than a cigarette. So, yeah, I um, I, 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 I wasn't a smoking dragon, let me put it that way. Um, look, I look innocent. <laughs> I, I, I'm the innocent little man with the little halo above the head. And, and Look, you know, it comes down to a simple fact. I don't like being out of control. I'm so manic, I guess, for lack of a better term, that... I, I like to be in control of absolutely everything. It's why I don't get drunk. I just, I'll drink, but I don't get drunk either because I don't want to just, you know, be in a parking lot and, and you know, be passed out or I don't want to, you know, I, I want to know what's going on and where I am and I want to know where I'm laying my head at night. Um, so, you know, hey, look, I, I like a good drink, but, you know, one or two drinks can be more than enough for me. And generally, it's in summer, too. I, I can go quite easily a year without an alcoholic beverage. Um, yeah. Oh, literally. I, I can... It's got to be... You're a better man than I. It's got to be really, really hot, really steamy for me to back down and say, oh, jeez, I really want a beer, or I really, you know, want some sort of spirit, you know, pre-mixed spirit. And that's it, just the way I am. It's uh, It's not... It's never been a... A big issue for me. I don't poo-poo it. It's just, you know, it's one of those things that I don't partake in. 
I was I'm I'm of the age that when uh, I was 18 years old, you could do almost anything and buy almost anything <laughs> here. Um, and uh, the only thing I couldn't buy in Virginia at that time was uh, hard hard alcohol. I could buy beer and stuff like that. And uh, but that was okay over in West Virginia, which I'm not that far from West Virginia. You know, a 35, 45 minute ride, and I can be in West Virginia. And uh, over there, I was allowed to buy anything I wanted. I can remember going into the liquor store over there with my varsity letter jacket on from high school to buy liquor. <laughs> so it was, you were a you know, bad boy, Kevin Older. Yeah, well, you know, we all that. And, and I still drink. I mean, I'm not a heavy drinker anymore like I used to. Um, I never, well, there are nights I don't remember. I won't say that. <laughs> I, I know I always woke up not in the best way, but I usually knew where I was going to wake up. I think the most frightening, I, I think the most frightening thing was when I woke up one morning curled around the toilet. Oh, <laughs> oh Kevin! Oh my God! Uh, I, I won't I tell you no, what I was hope, all in no, the toilet oh, and everywhere. Oh. It was at home. It was at home. I was home. Ah, oh, still. Oh, jeez. Oh. Uh, all I do remember from that is waking up with two blust, two busted blood vessels in one eye and one busted blood vessel in the other because it was one of those times where I remember throwing up so hard I would not have been surprised, as Bill Cosby said, to see my shoes come out of my mouth. <laughs> Good grief. I mean, honestly, I, I've never thrown up from, from drinking alcohol. I, I have never, ever, not once done it. I hate throwing up. It, it's repulsive. It's revolting. I... I I couldn't do that to myself. I couldn't do the self-abuse. I, I don't know how people can go out there and, and say, I'm going to get wasted. And they know that they're going to end up in a pool of their own vomit. I mean, yay to mankind. <laughs> well, in all fairness, that, that only happened a few times. It did happen a lot of times. <laughs> like, I, I, I managed few, to learn. Not once, just, just a few. <laughs> I learned to, you know, you learn where that crossover point is, where, where uh, I think I better stop now, otherwise I'm not going to have a good experience. Uh, the Probably the second worst thing to that was waking up in the neighbor's yard one morning, laying there in my sleeping, in my pajamas, laying there in the yard with the dew settling down around me. <laughs> oh, good grief. And, oh, uh, Kevin, yeah. Kevin, Kevin. Yeah. You, you, you've was... lived the life. You know, the other thing that I don't like about drinking, and this is just a personal thing, I hate the feeling of needing to go to the toilet every five minutes. I, I don't know if you have that when you drink a lot of alcohol, but it, it kind of acts like a diuretic and, and you want to just go and urinate every five minutes. And it's like, that is so annoying. That's actually... Uh, I think you and I have talked on the it, show it, before. It's good for you because it, it flushes the system. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so that's why I try to drink a couple beers a week, if nothing else, just to flush my system. You know what I'm more addicted to than anything, though, right now in, my, in all my adult life is is soda or beer because I want that fizzy carbonation. It's something yep. about that that wakes up my mouth. And it doesn't matter whether it's um, soda or beer. I just, I crave that fizziness. I've been tempted to buy one of those soda making machines oh, and yeah. just make the and make the water fizzy and drink it. <laughs> you know, I um, I I drink a lot of water, as you know, and certainly over the warmer summer months, I won't touch fizzy drinks, flavored drinks. I just drink pure water. 
um, because I don't like the cloying nature that the soft drinks leave in your mouth with all the sugar that they put in and so forth. But in winter, you know, at the moment, I'm drinking all the Pepsis, all the Cokes, you know, I'm, I'm really having a, a soft drink craze because I know that, hey, once it starts warming up come September, uh, I'm going to stop drinking this stuff and I'm going to go back purely to water just so that it doesn't feel icky and yucky and sticky in my mouth. And that sounds really, really bad after I said that, that doesn't really come out very well for you. No, I, um, I don't drink near as much soda as I used to. There was a point uh, probably 20... Yeah, probably about 24, 25 years ago, I was drinking a, a two-liter and another half of a two-liter bottle of soda every day. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that's a lot. That's, so three liters of soda a day. That's a lot that of soda. Is. Now, you know, I, now I, I go through maybe a liter in winter. And when I say a liter, okay, I'd probably go through maybe four glasses. If I'm not going anywhere, we're home all day, I'd probably go through four glasses during winter uh but i do still mix that with water so i have water in between and stuff like that but yeah still i i look I, i've drunk back-to-back soft drinks and at one stage i wasn't even drinking water i mean go back five six years ago when i was smoking especially it was always okay i had the cigarettes and i had the bottle of soft drink and if the soft drink ran out oh god i wouldn't touch water i'd, I'd go to the shop and buy another soft drink and that's the way it was um and it was really when I had that uh, that kidney stone, and that put me out for three weeks. That I went, oh crap! No, I gotta, I gotta get this shit out. And it, you know what's funny? I know it was the soft drinks. I know it was the fatty food I was eating that that sort of generated that and caused it. But what's what's funny is that I now get the soft drink in my hand, my hand shaking, and I'm like, I want you, but I know that you're gonna hurt me. No, no, no. Well, see, my thing is uh, being, uh, as some people would say, being a good old Southern boy here in the United States. Um, I grew up drinking sweet tea, sweet iced tea. That's mm-hmm. the thing that's a lot of people drink in the South here in the United States. And I, it's that's something else I've had to cut way, way, way back on over the last six, eight years, and that kills me. That just kills me. I can put the soda aside. But my sweet tea, I'm a boy, I gots to have my sweet tea. And oh, God, it kills me. But I've learned to cut way back. Mm -hmm. But when we go out to dinner for a meal, I always get sweet tea when we go out. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, where somebody said, oh, I'll have a nice glass of wine. Oh, hell no. Give me a big big glass of iced sweet tea. (laughs) That's that's my my big thing. Now, you know, I will drink some. I don't drink too much when we go out because I'm usually the one doing the driving, mm-hmm. and I'm so freaking paranoid. And listen, I'm a big guy. I can actually tolerate probably three or four beers before it would have any huge impact on me just mm-hmm. simply because of my size. I'm scared shitless to drink anything and drive. I am scared. If somebody yeah. else is driving, fine. That's yep. okay. I'll have, a, I'll have a drink. But I know a lot of people like to go out after work to happy hour. Well, I got a 45-mile drive home. Mm-hmm. I am scared shitless to, to go have a beer and then drive. Yep. And I know I would test completely fine if I got pulled over, but it's just the the way the laws are in this country, I'd be the one that would get the book thrown at them you know, for something happening. And, and it's just, ugh. Yeah, I, I've, um, I've never been one for, for people who drink and drive, even one drink and then drive. I, I think, you know... 
you've got to just be responsible to yourself and 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 more importantly responsible to the fellow man and and understand that you know shit can happen and your reflexes even if it's one bear your reflexes will be affected even minutely and that minute uh, you know effect may be enough that either saves you from you know running into someone innocent or not and you know it, it's just one of those things you, you can never be too safe and um you know especially with with where you are in the world too you've got a lot of snow a lot of slippery roads for a lot of the year um you know that that's when you really need to have your a game on when you're driving i mean i've never driven in snow i've, I've driven in in partial snow where it's been just light snow but never in in the snow that i i know you guys have in the u.s so it's one of those things that you know got to take it easy got to take it slow and and do the responsible thing and and drink at home or, or get someone to to be the designated driver yeah, well, fortunately, I mean, as much as I love snow, and I sh- I sent those two videos to you and uh, Gretel to look yes, at. Yes, we saw them. Um, and you could see how that was that was a couple of years ago. That was a real, that was some of the best snow we had for a little while. Um, the we don't get enough of it that I worry. I, I you know where I have to choose between drinking and driving in the snow. So mm-hmm. um, if I go out in the snow to drive, I go out to have fun. <laughs> because to me, it's fun to drive in the snow. <laughs> but a uh, whole whole different can of worms. So, but anyway, um, what was I say? oh, I we got off on this tangent because we were talking about addictive personalities and all that, and, uh, and about your 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 return to school. I have to ask you something. When you bought the new MacBook Air, did you have that already set in mind? No. No, okay. I, I, I didn't. Um, but you know what? I'll say this much. Having the new MacBook Air is going to make the course that I'm doing run absolutely perfectly. It's going to be nice and smooth, going to be perfect. And I'm so glad I upgraded. You know what, Kevin? I, I sold my iPad Mini. It went on eBay and I sold it. So let's see. I paid three hundred and sixty nine for it in, in when it was released last year. I got it like the second day it was out. So three sixty nine. Then I bought the smart cover, which I believe was like thirty nine dollars. So we're talking about what are we four hundred and eight dollars, something like that. Um, I'm probably incorrect because my mathematics is bad. Hence why I'm doing a bachelor of arts writing course. Um, thank God, not mathematicians trying to solve the genome problems or anything like that. No, no. You know what? I, I looked at it. I, I, I wanted to be a Sheldon, but uh, well, I ended up being a Wallowitz, and and even then, I didn't. I didn't even get that <laughs> that high and that clever. <laughs> so, I was going to call you Penny, but I, okay, we'll yes, go with that. <laughs> that's probably more accurate. I, I'd say. I, I, definitely say that although I'm not going to a community college it's a buzz getting accepted into university it's kind of cool Um, it is anyway so I spent just over $400 on it anyway it sold last night for 327 Australian dollars so that's not a bad return and that's excluding the shipping which I I charged like $13.40 for the shipping because that's what it is in Australia so you know, three hundred twenty-seven straight. I, I maybe, I'm, maybe I'm down seventy dollars. You know, on the whole purchase, but I used it for an entire year. And you know my type of usage. When I use something, I use it like nothing else. It's in great condition. 
but it, it was really used. It was used extensively. Um, so to get that return back, very, very happy with that. Just absolutely superb. Um, the iPad 1, the original iPad 1, sold for $257 this week as well. And I'm just wow. like, yeah, it's incredible. It, you know, and I've got my Apple TV 2 up there because I bought an Apple TV 3 this last week. And, um, you know, that... I saw you and Scott talking about that. Yeah, that, you know, it's, it's jailbreakable, whereas the third version isn't. And everyone wants the Apple TV 2. And I see them selling in Australia for $350, not being jailbroken. If you jailbreak it, they'll sell for 500 And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm upgrading and I'm making a profit. So, um, you know what, Kevin, I'm really getting into this. Let's buy it, let's sell it, let's buy it, let's sell it, and, and make some money back. So, you know, when I when this MacBook, when the new MacBook Air comes out, I'll, I'll likely buy that, sell this one to fund the new one so that I'm constantly up to date because I, I really... I Remember must... who has first divvies on your MacBook Air. Yes. Um, you know, I, I really... I get to the stage where I, I get disappointed when technology gets older and, and it's not functioning as well as I'd like and... And stuff like that. So, look, I'm happy to go entry level, which I did with the MacBook Air, and uh, and see it through and and move on. Uh, look, I believe now the specs that it's got, you know, is the, a good entry level. I mean, the speed's perfectly adequate. The RAM, yeah, four gigabytes. It's a little less than I'd like, but I'm not hitting the ceiling often. And when I do, honestly, I've been taxing this system, and it's not slowing down. I can't slow it down. It doesn't have a spinning drive. So even though it's eating into a bit of the hard drives storage for you know the the swap file um it, it doesn't slow down it's so ultra fast uh well certainly for things i do anyway i'm sure that some people who are doing high-end video processing and stuff like that would say oh no it slows down i can't use it but you know for my stuff it's fine um battery life astonishing i only need to charge it overnight i take it out of the power and i use it now on something like this video call that we're doing it drones the battery very quick so i've got it in in the power it drones it like a wood as as if you were using a normal MacBook. It, you know, I, I could go through, say, an hour of video conferencing and recording at the same time, and it'll chew through 30% of the battery. Uh, whereas I could sit honestly and, and do research, watch, you know, video clips and, and do writing all day and get to like 10%, you know, by 9 o'clock that night. It's just absolutely astonishing. I, I can't get over it. It's the iPad battery life but in a full-blown computer, doing so much more than the iPad's capable of. Makes me think that when they do upgrade the iPad line this year, that the battery life will be increased from the 10-hour, the 10-12-hour 10 10 battery yeah. life that it's got, that it'll be maybe even double, because there's no way that they can run a whole Mac consistently and not be able to run a, an iPad with with more juice, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah, no, um, I, no, it makes does. So you know, and and I'm hoping it will because I'm buying a new iPhone this year, and I want the iPhone to last all day. I'm I really get tired of my iPhone being connected to the power every couple of hours. It, it's you know, if you do any, well, it depends how you use it. I use mine for streaming music. So for instance, I'll have oh, I'll yeah, have okay. iTunes match on that will then stream down the music because I've only got the 16 gig device. So something like iTunes Match is great because it just rips it down, pulls it down, streams it down. And then I'll take that and then I'll airplay that across to the Apple TV to play on the Bose sound system. 
and you know all that network backwards and forwards you know it it, it chews anything network chews up batteries um so i do that you know and it it does go through and i'm constantly i and it's not that the battery life has gotten worse it's just that i'm using it more and i'm using it differently than i used to when i first got it i didn't have the streaming music capabilities because itunes match wasn't there so it's doing stuff that you know was never designed to do and it's starting to affect it plus it's it is slowing down quite badly. So I'm, I'm going to, whenever the new one's released, whatever it is, I'm going to pick up the new one, go with that and be happy and sell the old one. So uh, eBay, here you come. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's you, funny. You, sh- you should see my house. Everything is new, Kevin. I mean, it's, it, people are thinking that I won Lotto or something. It's like, no, I'm just selling my stuff to put in towards other stuff. And therefore, I'm not outlaying as much money as you think I am. Yeah, no, I think that's wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't blow through my battery, but I don't use it like that. Although I'm, I did start doing something new um, that I have to confess to. Again, you know, this is almost like the writers, how to write and di- diverging styles. I started using the application called Day One. I've I heard of you, that, but I don't know if oh, the journaling app. Yeah, I, I don't well, know. I'm doing. I read an article recently. Um, and I've heard Katie Floyd talk about it on uh, Mac Power Users. I don't remember if David Sparks is into it or not, but um, I, I've, it was it was on sale the other day. I've been eyeballing it, and it was on sale for the iOS version was for free in the App Store. It was the fifth anniversary of the uh, iOS App Store, mm-hmm. so I grabbed it. And what I started doing now after I read this article is I'm just making, I'm just getting in the habit of writing more, and. I read it was a good article. I can find it and put it in the show notes if you want. Um, I think I pulled it off a of Life Hacker, one of my favorite sites, um, and it talked about you know just start writing, you know, and and mm-hmm. you know something like complete thoughts, but not necessarily full blown articles and stuff like that sort of thing. So that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna awesome. you know if I only tap out a hundred uh, fifty or a hundred words a day, it's. It's that juices that start flowing, and yep. I actually, and I know I've said it before on the show, I pen down a couple thoughts for another article that I want to write, so I'm doing it. I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. I'm trying to, you know, get somewhere with it, so also trust- maybe, maybe I'll... Sorry, I was to say maybe maybe I'll start draining the battery on my iPhone. That's where I was headed with this. <laughs> but I can get through, depending on average use for me, Again, I'm using text messaging, a few phone calls, uh, a lot of email and calendar processing, and some document processing mm-hmm. on my phone. That's what I do with it during the day. And I get through, you know, it, it depends, it varies, but I would say on the average day, I get through about eight, nine hours maybe before That's I have right. to hit the charge. Yeah. No, well, so I, I use mine and, and I've been, and this is why I didn't miss the iPad mini when I moved it on. You know, I, I put the iPad mini aside, boxed it up and everything ready for sale. You know, 10 days, two weeks later, I haven't even looked for it once. You know, the only time when it's a bit of an issue is when I want to read a, a book that I've got via, you know, the iBook store. And then it's like, okay, the, the screen on the iPhone, eh, it, you know, it, look, it's usable and I can do it and it's fine. I'm really looking forward to when it comes out on the Mac so that I can actually read it on the, the MacBook Air screen. I think that'll be an enjoyable experience. Um, and, you know, obviously you can't hold it like you can an iPad, but 
You know what? I don't need a multi-hundred dollar iPad to be an e-book reader. I can get something like a Kindle, perhaps. You know what I mean? And yeah, uh, or you could do it like this. And, I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I could, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't want to do that to my MacBook Air. I don't think. I see. There's my MacBook Air. Mine's a much older one, though. Yeah, you, you got the chunkified one with the spinning drive. I, although you know, it's, it, it's not chunkified that much, but it, it still is bigger. Um, but it does what I need it to do, and that's and uh, so that's why I don't mind it. But um, you made me think of something else. Which, just, oh, you were about the MacBook Air and the battery life on it, and yeah. about the iPads and how much they may have. There was uh, on Allison's show last week, uh, the Nocilla Cast, hosted over Podfeed.com, a, Mac, a, a, a technology podcast with an ever so slight Macintosh bias. You gotta go a um, bit higher, Kevin. Yeah, I got parts that won't let me go any higher, dude. The, <laughs> um, there was a, a young man, I think, from Puerto Rico that wrote in a review about the MacBook Air. I think he said he had the 13-inch. Mm-hmm. And he said he was actually getting 12 to 15, or 15 to 16 hours of battery life I've out of the that, thing. yeah. Incredible. And that's amazing. Yeah. A fully functional laptop. That you're getting that kind of battery life out of. Yeah, it, it's. A, I, I mean, on the 13 inch, the battery life just blows you away. It is absolutely incredible. I mean, I think it's good with the, the, you know, supposed nine hours. Um, and and certainly depending how you set things up. I mean, if you turn the backlit keyboard off and if you turn off things like the automatic um, screen brightness and and then just manually set the brightness and. And stuff like that, and then if you don't have external drives hooked in and and sucking juice or USB devices sucking juice, you know, then it will last, of course, much longer. And it it, it is amazing. It, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what they come out with iOS this year. I reckon it's going to be the year of the battery, though. I, I reckon it won't be too much of a performance increase. I'm not even sure if we'll see things like a Retina iPad Mini. But I think we're going to see a massive, massive, massive battery in these things where people just go, wow, that is a full day, 24 hours of usage that I, you know, I don't need to bother charging it with. I think we're going to see that, you know, and I'm not one for rumors, but just based on on how solid the battery performance is in the MacBook Air that I've got and what I've heard from other people, um, it, it so it says to me that if they can do that with the full-blown OS, imagine what they can do with the light version of the, the OS and the, the iOS yeah. version. It, it's got to be impressive. And I think also, you know, initially iOS 7 was showing battery results that, you know, people who were on the beta test and that, they were saying, geez, the battery is really draining. But I kind of get the feeling that because it's more lightweight and there's less buttons to render and 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 so forth because it's that more glass-like appearance i think that's going to also assist in battery life because there's less rendering to do i mean if you look at something like a a solid button with maybe a gradient well we all know that gradients take quite a bit to render uh it was always especially back in the day in the, the late 90s early 90s doing a gradient in photoshop was something that would just bring your computer you know crying falling down on the floor it didn't like it it was so processor intensive but if they take that out and then just have like a little red border around what we know as a button or just a little white border around a a button 
they're not rendering as much on that screen. So logic would say that there's not as much processing happening, and therefore not as much battery drain. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that. Also, um, you know, you've got things with, you know, how how many how many colors are sort of flashing up on on the screen and so forth some colors are going to use more power than other colors and 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 so forth to generate so i mean you know i i think this whole ios 7 it looks different i, I think it's going to really perform well on battery once it's finally baked and once it's in these new ios devices that will be coming out this year i i think it's just a natural progression. I think this is where Apple will step ahead of Samsung, where they'll step ahead of HTC, everyone else in the industry, Google, and they'll just say, right, well, you no longer need to worry about battery life. We know that this has been hell for users for years. Not anymore. Yeah, no, I think it's wonderful. I um, <clears throat> Excuse me. I think if we can get the battery life, I'll be curious to see what iOS 7 does on my uh, iPhone 4 because I don't have any real plans to replace my phone, even though it's time it, I could have done it a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I just haven't had the desire to do it. <clears throat> the only thing that it's not doing that I really like it, would like it to do, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, the camera function. And we talked about this. is has slowed down for some reason, mm-hmm. and I'm not real sure why. And it, I have unloaded. I probably don't have, but maybe forty photos in there i unload yep. them fairly quickly um and i'm not doing it through photo stream i know go ahead yell at me mac people please yell at me because i'm not using photo stream i use something called PhotoSync, and uh that and a combination of dropbox's features so please stop I, yelling you know that's what, what I, I like i use photo stream and it sucks you know and i'll be completely honest it sucks because not every photo do i want heading into photo stream you know, and unfortunately, every photo goes into photo stream. That's the way it is. Um, you know, there's times when I'll take screenshots because I'm doing a how-to article for someone I'm, I'm writing for. And then that screenshot, and, and I'll be watching the photos on photo stream on the Apple TV, and there's that screenshot I took six months ago, and it's like, damn you, I don't want you there. And oh, oh, I'm good. I was worried there were shots that you had taken at your willy or something like that, and that was what didn't want coming up in the photo stream. Um, I delete those very quickly, Kevin. <laughs> okay, good. Thank God. <laughs> Thank you. Small favors, people. Small favors. Um, sorry, yeah, so I didn't mean to interrupt your train. That, that's train right. I, yeah, I, I don't use photos. I, I use it, but I don't like using it. I want more refinement and, you know, I... I I, I don't know what maybe I'm just holding it wrong as I, I tend to do with so many things, but uh, <laughs> you know uh, it, it's just the 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 stream just isn't flowing as smoothly as I'd like it to flow. And, and look, besides that fact, sometimes it can take a few hours. You know, we we can be out, come home, back on the the Wi-Fi, and then it can be three or four hours before it gets to the stream to, to load up into iPhoto. And by the time that's happened, it's like, ah, oh, okay. Um, yeah, really? You know, I, I don't want to wait that long. If I can plug it in and transfer it immediately, fine, I'll do that. Um, you know, so it's good and it's great, but there's still a lot of flaws in there and, and it's still not as polished as it should be. So, uh, but yeah, look, you know, I, I think an upgrade for me is, is definitely 
on the cards. I actually know it is. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm a happy little camper. I am definitely moving up to whatever the next iPhone is. And uh, then I'm going to start a yearly cycle with all my technology. Every time, well, a yearly, when I say yearly, I mean every time Apple bumps it up and upgrades it, I'll, I'll get rid of the old, get the new, get rid of the old, get the new, so that I don't lose as much money, so that nothing gets so old that it's like, oh, man, I'm not going to get much for this, or, you know, it's going to be slow. Um, yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna go bleeding edge from now on, but bleeding edge with entry-level products. I, I believe that... For most people, for 90% of people out there, that the entry-level MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, whatever computer you're into, I believe the entry-level has enough computing power to, to satisfy your needs. And, uh, yeah. Well, you know, you said you're going to be moving up, and immediately the thing that popped into my head was the old 70s television show, The Jeffersons. Moving on up to the top. Da, da, da. You yeah. don't know that show? No, I don't. Jeez. Uh, we'll have to. He's an old, we'll to, he's an old fart, isn't he, listeners? <laughs> hey, my, my fellow old farts, Mister Mister uh, uh, McPeak will defend See, me on he, that. He, he almost forgot. He almost forgot Mike's name. <laughs> well, I got to say, Mister Chips. No, no, he's not Mister Chips. <laughs> Mike McPeak, DSC Chipman. See, I do remember. Wait, what's your name? Anyway, the. Uh, but the the Jefferson song moving on up, that was uh, I remember hearing that song when I was a a wee lad, um, and so when you say moving on up with the new Apple stuff, every time you tell me that from now on, I'm going to hear that playing in the back of my head. <laughs> oh dear! So anyway, to close out that topic, uh, yeah, the the MacBook Air wasn't thought of, you know, as something to do the the course with. It, the course came about because. I'm a jack-of-all-trades master of absolutely none. You know, I got a diploma in photography when I left school, spent a number of years being a photographer, ended up realizing 10 years after I'd quit the photography industry that, you know, I wasn't a good photographer. I was adequate. I could do enough to get paid, but I was never great. I was never going to be one of the best, even though at the time I thought I was one of the best. I was full of shit. And it took me 10 years to admit that to myself, let alone admit that publicly, that, you know, I just simply was not good enough. Um, you know, you put in four years of study and, and uh, you know, and all this time and effort and, and you proclaim, hey, you know, I'm good enough to do this. And it's like, no, I, I just, I was more the productions back end side of things. The, the studio work and, and the on-site location work, I didn't struggle with, I could do it, but... You know, I'd see what my peers were doing. I'd be like, wow, that is awesome. Then I'd see what I'd do. And, oh, man, that sucks. And um, But I was always one for doing the post-processing, you know, be it chemical or digital. I used to relish in that stuff. I loved doing that stuff. And that's why I class myself a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, because that turned me into, you know, a photography assistant, a videographer, a video editor, and then turned me into a web developer, you know what I mean? It just kept going and going and going. And for, for 10 years, I've been living off the back end of, guess what? I'm a qualified photographer, yeah, but I, I don't practice. I, I haven't taken a photograph in years. And I just kept going from job to job to job to job. They were never careers, mind you. And, and that's a very important distinction. They were always just jobs. And then I got into writing, as you know. And 
I, you know, for the last couple of years, I've been doing that solidly, and it's like, this I could do for the rest of my life. I love sharing my knowledge in the written form. Uh, you know, albeit maybe it's what people don't want to read, but <laughs> I, I love dumping my thoughts down in, in the written word. I, I think it's one of those really unique things that, that people can do is, is to actually write and write coherently. And, and then even if only one person reads it, you know, it, it's a buzz. It's, wow, someone else took the time to read through my crap. And, you know, that that's pretty awesome. Um, but what, what I decided to do, I don't want, let's have another job. Let's take writing and, and we'll have a job as a, a writer. No, I wanted a career. And, and that's the big distinction. I wanted to have that career that for the next 30, 40 years of my working life, I'm going to be happy and content with doing. And, you know, I, I came to basically a, a wall almost. It's, you know, it was like, okay, I've achieved so much, but I'm still an amateur. And I need to step above that, that amateur line and, and go to a professional line. And that's why I decided, you know what, I've got to go back. I've got to go back to school. I've got to learn. I've got to, you know, work hard, study hard, get this degree, and then I'll have the career and, and doors will open much more freely for me. And so that that's the whole idea is, is not having a job anymore and not having just, you know, this little bit here and that little bit there and some other bit here, but having an entire career that really, to be quite honest, not only that I can be proud of, but that my kids can be proud of me because... You know, Jack of all trades, master of none. Eh, it works. You can make a career. You can make your life out of it, but it's not a career. Well, it'll help you earn all that money you wanted to, to fly over here to the United States. That's something else too. Yeah, definitely, because you know it puts me then into another salary step. And to be quite honest, look, you know, even being a photographer photographers get paid like shit and if you run your own shop and you don't work for someone you get paid even worse um so uh, you do it for the love of it and i don't have that much love for the photography um you know I, I i needed to do this for the family i needed to do it for me and uh the macbook air is gonna help me along with that well i think that's good i I was I was wondering about that, and I thought, well, I've got to ask him, and I thought, what better place to ask him than while we're recording the show? Then oh, definitely put me on the spot, but you, you know, it was um, it, it was just a culmination of things, and you know, I lost a couple of writing gigs in the last six months, you know, and it wasn't because you know I, my writing was poor, uh, my writing was adequate for what they were asking me to do. It was simply because they ran out of the the money to pay me. Um, you know, the economy's tanking for some businesses out there and they just couldn't afford to keep me on. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's the way the, the cookie crumbles. So, you know, when you're down and out and, uh, you know, Macworld and Tidbits aren't knocking at your door, you got to think, well, what do I need to get those guys knocking at my door? And you can reinvent yourself. You do. You have to, and it's almost like a rebirth. And I know that that put a bad image in my head, Mark. Being it did rebirthed. mine too. So <laughs> thanks a lot for that. But it, it's almost like I'm going back to do what I should have always done. You know, it, back in in high school and, and and school all the way through, I was always very good with the written word. I would always get great marks. I'd always do well in the courses. 
but the the problem was I, I just never took it anywhere. I, I think, and and I can blame my mother for this. My mother was always one who would every night I'd have to sit down, read, 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 read. It, it was pumped into me, and it was pumped into me so hard that I used to detest and hate to read. Even to this day, I'll start a book and I'll get halfway through a book, and then I'll I'll put it down for a week, and I won't go back to it for another week because I'm fed up with it. And it's that kind of thing that really, really got me to walk away from that completely, walk away from the skills, I, the natural skills I had, I guess, if you could call them that. And, you know, it, it was just one of those negative things. And, and that's one thing that I want to try with my kids not to do is to push them into, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this, because it, it turned negative against me. It made me go for a career that... You know, there's nothing wrong with being a photographer, but it wasn't me. I was trying to be yeah. someone else that that I wasn't. And well, you, you know, you were you were you were pandering. Uh, pandering is not the right word. You were yielding to your creative side, but just not in the appropriate creative outlet. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, it, it took. Look, I'm, I'm mid thirties now, and it took that long. I know I'm old. No, but, but seriously, it took me that long to come to my senses and say, you know what, you should be over there, not over here. And, um, yeah, so anyway, enough about me. I, bottom line is I'm very excited. I start the course at the end of next month. Uh, it's going to be hard to get in touch with me, though. So anyone listening, uh, if you tweet me, it could be a couple of days before I get back to you because I'm literally going to turn notifications off. I'm turning email off. I don't want to see little numbers come through on the little icons. I will literally open up that stuff at night time and on weekends, and then I'll, I'll sort of communicate that way. But you won't be able to get me almost 24-7 like you can now. Uh, and I, I've got to do that, because if I have distractions, Kevin, I'm never going to... Yeah, I'm never going to get the, <laughs> the work done that I need to get done. I need at least 20 hours a week to get this course done perfectly. And trust me, if, if I have... I, and I want people to, to keep coming back to me. Please, message me and everything. I, I want that. But just bear in mind that I won't be able to get back to you immediately or it might be a couple of days and the conversation might seem a little bit disjointed. But uh, I definitely will reply if you send me a message. Um, so, yeah. I, I, again, I think it's wonderful that you're doing this. Um, you know, I'm doing... You know, it's little. It's similar. It's not to the extent that you are. I'm not going to go back to school anytime real soon. I have my uh, degree in engineering, and uh, I don't plan on getting another one. Although, God help me, I don't know why I didn't do that when I was in school. I only needed two more classes for a second engineering degree. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not doing it now. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one thing I, that you could do. I, I, I guess because look, my uncle, he uh, he's well and truly retired now. He's uh, he's pushing he- heading up uh, late sixties, and he's still doing university courses. He started maybe fifteen years ago or so. He wanted he was working in the bank, and he was just middle management, and he wanted to go much higher up the the daisy chain he wants to get more money of course and have a better career and and just improve his himself and he also wanted to change from regular banking to legal banking so he went and did degrees in law and so forth and you know he was at that stage in his 50s and you know he just he went for it and and got all these degrees and yeah you know he i don't know he just uh he keeps going like that he um 
It's actually a bit of inspiration for me, to be quite honest, um, because I, I see that you're never too old to start something. And, and you know, th- this whole idea of me searching for something more came about a tweet that was sent out where, you know, it was stated that Ridley Scott was, I think, 42 when Alien came out. And, you know, that was his big foray into the world of Hollywood. And it, it basically went on to say that you're never too old to start something new or to, you know, make a new career or make a change. And it's so true. You know, we, we limit ourselves based so much on age and so much on where our careers are going and so much on where we are in the life cycle that we forget that, you know what, we, we can keep learning and it's up to ourselves as to whether or not we do. You know, it, it doesn't yeah, matter no. if you do or if you don't, but closing the door because we're a certain age. And and this is the other thing that I really want to express to my kids. You know, so much when I was growing up and going through high school, as soon as you finished high school in Australia, the big thing was you you got to know by the time you're 16 what you want to do for the rest of your life. You've got to go to a careers counsellor. You've got to sit down with them. You've got to discuss what you're going to do, what your strong points are. Then you've got to go to university or you've got to go to TAFE. And you've got to do that career and then you've got to do that job. And it doesn't matter if you're suicidal, you've got to do that. And I want my kids to know that that's utter fucking bullshit and that you can reinvent yourself regardless of what age you are. Because I feel that that puts a lot of pressure, certainly in Australia anyway, with, with teenagers and kids because they, they don't know what they really want. I didn't know what I really wanted at 16. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, it can put so much pressure on them that they do get to that stage where they're suicidal or deeply depressed and, and it's not healthy. So, you know, if there's any advice that I can offer from what I'm doing, it's that you can reinvent yourself and that you should always reinvent yourself and it's never too late. Oh, don't start me on the counselor stuff. My my oldest daughter um, wants to wants to go into agricultural science, Very the cool. ag sciences yep. and stuff like that. So she was having a talk with the counselor, and you know, she the counselor. She heard the counselor talking to these other people. Oh yeah, that's great what you've chosen. I don't remember what they had to. You know, yeah, that's fine. Oh, you want to get into sports or sports medicine or something like that? That's great. She gets to talk to my oldest daughter, and 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 she tells her what she wants to. No, you don't want to do that. Go into computers. Stop doing that right now. And it's like, if I could have had that counselor, I think I would have beat her about the head and face. Fortunately, my oldest went to her ag science teacher, who is also a woman. Congrats to her, and I, uh, we, my wife knows her, and I know her. And I think the the ag teacher had a little discussion with the counselor about, you know, don't discourage people who want to go into agricultural science because it's this funny thing. We all here on the planet need to eat, mm-hmm. and we depend on agriculture to do that because we kind of need the animals, you know, maybe grow a little bit of stuff to eat and stuff like that. So, But see, that, yeah, that they, kind of attitude squashes someone's dreams, you know. And, yeah. and here's the other thing I, I noticed, too, about, you know, being more mature and, and going back to study. I wasn't the type of person who years ago when I was at that younger age who would want to go and study. You know, I'm someone now who's much older, who is much more mature and says, hey, I need to get this done. I want to get this done. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm heading for. Back then, I I didn't do that as much. So that also changes what you're 
maybe shown at school and what a careers advisor will suggest is not maybe what you are best doing, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. I mean, look, you know, when I was doing, um, you know, my HSC, my high school certificate, I studied um, what was then termed as three unit subjects. So you had your standard two unit and then you had your three units. So your standard two unit was your standard run of the mill. Everyone did those. Uh, and you just picked which ones and then you had your slightly higher ones up. Now, I had uh, ancient history and then I had uh, geography as my two, three unit subjects. So I actually did two back to back, which was kind of suicidal because that was a lot of work. Um, and it, it meant more exams too, uh, which is never a good thing. I hate exams. I just, oh, I hate them. But I, you know what? I, I wasn't doing English. You know, I, I was doing straight two-unit English. I, I didn't do any higher. Um, and, you know, you, your dreams do get squashed by what teachers and career advisors say that you're capable of doing. And, you know, it, it was always one thing. And, and, look, I know that there's a lot of mathematics in science, but I always had a, a buzz for science. Science, I was always dead set on. Mathematics, I couldn't do. So, yeah. I love math. See, I, I can't do math to save my life. And I, I, I just get by with our personal finance, Kevin. That's, you know, that's how limited <laughs> my math is. I can, I, savings, yes, I, I can do that. But, but beyond that, it's beyond me. But interestingly, when mathematics would come into science, I could understand the math. But when it was mathematics on its own, I couldn't understand it. So I used to always do well at science. But because I couldn't do well at maths, I couldn't go into the higher levels of science in high school. Yeah. which was always annoying. It, it always irritated me. I mean, now as a, as a mature person, if I really wanted to get into a science career, I could go and sit some bridging courses at, at uni and, and then, you know, pass those and then go on and do that type of thing. But that's, again, that's not me. It, it's one of those, oh, that'd be nice, but it, it's not me. So, but, you know, it, it ruined a, a dream because it was like, oh, I'd love to be a scientist. And it's like, yeah, no. And I'd love to be a veterinarian. No. Um, all, because, <laughs> all because my mathematics sucked. And the career advisors didn't turn around and say, guess what? You know, it, if you came in and did some extra work or if you got some, you know, remedial teaching with mathematics, you know, th this could help. And then we could push you up into the higher levels. No. They just said, no, you're not good enough. You're going to be blah. And I can't even remember what they suggested I would be, but it was like, talk about pulling the plug and deflating you. And it sounds like that's what they've done with your daughter, that, you know, they just, they put their own opinions in. Yes. Without and, listening. And that's exactly what they did. And that's what ticked me off, too, because I, I don't know, I you and I might have talked about this offline, but I had the same thing. We've had this discussion before. My entire music collection will fit on a mm -hmm. thumb drive and or a, probably a floppy disk at this point anyway. Um, but that was one thing that happened when I was school. I, all the way coming up through uh, elementary school, wanted to play the trombone. I wanted to play the trombone in the, in the worst way. I just thought it looked cool, and I thought, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to play the trombone. Well, they made you take this music test when you went from the fifth grade to sixth grade, which is where you started going and taking band classes. Mm -hmm. So I took the music test, and they come back to me and said, oh, God, you're terrible. Don't ever play an instrument. Please, you know, you suck and all this sort of thing. It's like, oh, that was, you know, it's kind of deflating. And, yeah. and it was like, son of a bitch, I just, 
you know, I, I, and, and right then that's when I, you know, I lost a lot of my interest in, in music and, you know, that's, that's just what it had to be. So I'm giving Mark a little math lesson here so he can. One plus one equals two. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. your lesson. They, they did. They really, that screwed me over and it made me lose complete interest in music. You know, not saying maybe I wouldn't have otherwise and, and I would have continued on, but it's like, Huh, well, if I but suck that you, bad, I'll quit doing it. Yeah, you didn't so. get the chance. That you know, you didn't get the chance to. And, and look, when you're young too, especially with music, music is hard. I mean, you know, when you're young and, and you're only learning, it's like, how do you know if you've got any musical talent whatsoever? I mean, you just yeah, got, you've telling, got to learn that skill before you can sit a test. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're, they're telling us this. They're telling this to an. Uh, I would have been ten or eleven year old kid. Yeah, you know you can't do that to a kid that young. No, absolutely not. Because at that stage, you you've got no skills. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you you're still bashing on the drums like a maniac. So, oh, just crazy. You know, this this whole topic brings up another um, another memory. Uh, my accountant, who's a good personal friend who I've known uh, for years, um, he didn't get a, a high enough. Uh, grade in, in his high school certificate to get straight into university to, to do accountancy and everyone was kind of like oh well you've got to go and do some other job you know and he turned around and he actually did an, an additional three years of additional study to then qualify himself to get into uni so it took him much longer but he got what he wanted he worked hard at it now he's a partner in a firm and makes big dollars and is a absolutely brilliant accountant, really nice guy, but he didn't let career advisors stop him or anything like that. He said, all right, I didn't get the score I wanted in the exam. What do I now need to do to actually go and, and achieve what I want to achieve? And he went back, studied hard and, and did everything and got through. And, uh, you know, kudos to him because it's just one of those things that, you know, don't, don't listen to what people tell you. People are full of shit and people get jealous and people don't want you to succeed because they want to look better themselves. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons why people are negative towards other people and why they say, you can't do this or you're not good enough. Don't listen yeah, to it. That's my advice. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a load of crap. I, I Like I said, I, I hated that fact that they did that. And then when I got into it and I started studying, I studied drafting. Mm-hmm. Back in the days when you actually used a T-square and a board and stuff like that. And I've talked about that on the show before. And then I, I did that. That's what I did in high school. I thought, okay, I want to be a draftsman. I enjoyed that. Then I got out and I had exposure to engineering, civil engineering in particular. I said, that's what I want to do. Well, then that got me involved in day, daily use of a computer. And I went, oh, now this is cool. Mm-hmm. And that finally brought me full circle to what I needed to do. And And, you know, I'm thankful for all that. But... One of the interesting things when I started taking some engineering classes, I didn't take them in the exact order that they were prescribed to be to be taken. And I took what <laughs> nice. I took what was <clears throat> excuse me I took what was called one of the weed classes. It's a class designed to get rid of the the people that aren't really going to do well or yep. or not not tuned in to be able to. I won't say they're stupid. They're just not they they don't think that way. Yep and. Uh, we started out with 26. We were on the quarter system. You didn't have semesters. You had quarters. Mm-hmm. We started out with 26. Went from 26 to the second quarter. We had 12 of us register. 
We lost half of them from one quarter to the next. When we got to the third quarter, there were only four of us that registered for the third <laughs> oh, wow. quarter of the class. So it really was a weed class that got rid of it. It was uh, engineering, it was statics and strength of materials, dynamics, and I can't remember the other class. Well, it turns out you're supposed to take college physics before you take those classes. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and I hadn't taken college physics. I'd taken high school physics, but I yep. hadn't taken college. Well, and I, I took it. I managed to get through these classes without taking college physics. And then when I got around to taking college physics, it was like, well, shit's easy, people. Let me show you some hard <laughs> stuff here. <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing all these kind of, oh, this shit's easy, people. Come here. Let me show you the hard stuff. Because anyway, I already knew how to write the, the logic and the programs. Mm-hmm. I pissed off. I can remember you'll enjoy this, and you have this chance now that you're going back to school. I pissed off my math teacher in uh, college because of I had taken all these engineering classes mm-hmm. and I had an engineering calculator the HP 11C um, and I had that and I had it set up to do all this work for me to help me do it because we're solving complicated math problems in these classes well then he's teaching this stuff and I had all these basic stuff programmed into my calculator and he got really mad at me because one of the things we had to use was the uh, quadratic equation to check answers mm-hmm. for the for the this one unit that we were working on in math. And I said, that's fine. I had the quadratic equation in my calculator. <laughs> so I did it, I'd punch in and it would check it and I you know I knew right then whether or not I was right or wrong. He said, No, that's not no. You gotta show your steps. I said, Okay. That's so I just my went step. into my cal- <laughs> I went no, I went into the calculator, those and I put pause statements. That's all you have to do. Yep. I still didn't have to do the calculation. I, and he couldn't stop me from doing that. But his calculator that he used was some crappy TI calculator from back in the day where you had to sit there and key the whole thing in. Yep. You didn't have offline storage like I did to sit there and build a program into it. I had games and shit stored in the calculator and all this <laughs> stuff. Um, and it was it was hilarious. But, yeah, it, it was funny. You You need to do that. Somehow take a class out of sequence and then just mess with them. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> very funny uh yeah now we're, we're certainly I'm, I'm certainly going somewhere now kevin so uh fingers crossed i'll go well with it and uh and hopefully i will but yeah big big thing is don't don't think that you know what someone says is is the be all and end all and give it a try give it a try and if you you know what if i fail at doing this course I fail because I'm not good enough as a writer. I'm not good enough with the written word and, and comprehending the written word. I don't per- perceive that to be the case. But, you know, you've got to try these things in life. You've got to stop being scared of them. And, uh, you know, change is hard. Change is scary. And uh, there we go. That that's, that's all the advice I can give is to just no. forget what people say and just do your own thing and keep learning. No, I think it, you're exactly right. You have to change. It's funny. When I was going to college, too, and I, I, I got all the way through. I hated English all the way through high school. I hated I put it off taking the the required college classes that I had to in English till my last year of college. Oh. I had postponed it, and then I was stuck. I had no freaking choice but to take it. So I signed up. I was like, oh, God, this is going to kill me. I got an English teacher, uh, her name, God God bless her, uh, Christine Andrea was her name, and she was actually a published author. Mm-hmm. She you know, she was teaching, she was an ad, I guess it would be considered an adjunct teacher 
at the college. And she was the first English teacher I'd had ever since first grade and writing and all that that made me enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. And I wrote prolifically in her class to the because it was college comp composition. And I wrote well enough and she thought I she said you're good and all this stuff. I went from when I got out of high school, I graduated English and I did it on purpose. I don't deny that mm-hmm. by one point. <laughs> I had to have I had to have a seventy four or better average to get out of English in high school mm-hmm. and I had seventy five point two, so a little over a point. I barely got by but I did that on purpose. I hated it. I said it was pointless. It was stupid. I wasn't doing it um, because I knew what I was getting into, and I didn't Mm -hmm. see any benefit to it. I took that, and by the time I went to college, and granted, there was a long gap in between when I got out of high school and when I went back to college and got my degree. But after taking a semester of English college comp, I got recommended to the National English Honor Society here in the United States. And I didn't do it because I just didn't have the time to take the extra classes. Mm-hmm. Now, contrast that with the second teacher I had for the second semester of college comp. Um, he was a piece of work. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he had an inflated ego by the sound of it. Well, he his major had been uh, Russian literature between 1900 or and 1940 or 30 or something like that. He now we read some interesting stuff, and he talked about some interesting stuff. But he and I argued constantly. I mean, not in a a, a vindictive, nasty way. Mm-hmm. Disagree with him constantly on stuff. But I read stuff like Kafka. Have you ever read Kafka? No. He's very dark. Uh, very. If you ever hear somebody say something, something's Kafka esque. I think is the term. Mm-hmm. They mean dark and sinister, and you know, just like, ugh, you know depressing type of thing because he wrote a lot of depressing stuff but uh yeah he turned me around i went the other way i did well in that english class i still pulled uh i think i had a i think i had a three four or something in that english class but i didn't have the uh three eight three nine i had in uh my other english class so yeah it was it was different but yeah don't any the the message to our listeners don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. If you're willing to work and willing to try, and God bless Mark for doing this now and going back, he has a dream. He knows what he wants to do. You know, go for it. There's there's the old saying. I forget who the comedian was that said, "Do you know why adults are always going around asking kids what do they want to be when they grow up? Because they don't fucking know what they want to be." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so true, isn't it? They still haven't decided, so uh, yeah, it's. I think it's good, and I'm. I, you know, I, it makes me proud to call you my friend, knowing that you're doing this, and uh, I, I just think it's absolutely great. Well, thank you, Kevin. And fingers crossed it'll go well. Now we better close out the show so that we don't actually burn the ears of the listeners. So, uh, I, you know what, I was I was going to talk about an energy bill though that we got this week. For $703.11, but I might leave that till next week. That is just for three months. And I want to talk about how it compares to energy costs in the US. Just, you know, ballpark, you know, as massive in comparison, I take it. 
Uh, yeah, we'll talk. I'll find the most recent bill we had. And it's- and we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, if, if you can find, because this is partially winter, so if you can find your partial winter bill where, you know, you've got heating going a lot more frequently, although you've, you've got aircon going all year round anyway, because it's, it's you. <laughs> yeah, because actually my, it would be, this would be the more expensive time, except for maybe around Christmas when I have the outdoor decorations going, because mm-hmm. uh, I don't heat with electricity. I heat with gas, right. natural gas. And I don't mean the stuff that comes out of me, people. I'm talking about the stuff that comes out of a pipe in the ground. <laughs> I'm thinking, out of the pipe in the ground, I wonder who puts it there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'll have to look up a... Actually, it would be with the with the AC running... Um, this would be the time of year when it would be probably the highest. Mm-hmm. I'll get a couple bills, but yeah, it's going to be drastically different. <laughs> uh, we'll, c- I- we'll certainly talk about it next week because, uh, you know, just to compare, just, you know, because uh, it, it's just ludicrous the prices that we pay out here for some things, including energy, you know. It's, it's ridiculous. I think I need to move to the U.S. If you guys could just get rid of the guns, I'd be there in a heartbeat. I was going to talk about that too. We'll have to talk about it some other time. My daughter has discovered her new favorite game on my old Xbox called Deer Hunter. It's the oh. you go around. Uh, it's basically what I used to do when I was when I used to actually hunt deer, but it's done on the Xbox. Uh, I, I've seen the game. I, I don't agree with the game. I feel sorry for the deer, Kevin. They're virtual deer, dude. It doesn't. <laughs> But I did. I had to instruct her today about she was shooting and she was holding the gun wrong, and I had to show her how to hold the gun the correct way and all this sort of stuff. Oh so. my god! Oh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin! Oh. She she wants to learn to hunt. There's there's no hope for for these Americans, is there? They're just they're just gonna one day they're gonna be zombified and kill each other. That's all I can say. Uh, we have to gear up for the crazy Australian-American wars that might break out. <laughs> yeah, God knows what we'd feud over. I, I, oh, actually, no, I, I know. You've got cooler content than we do and at cheaper prices. That, the that, con- the content know, wars. Look back in history. Oh, God, remember when the content wars launched? <gasps> it was awful. The, the intercontinental ballistic missiles were launched and they were full of dvds that the aussies couldn't get and they were landing and they blew up and all yeah that's it and it started here on geekiest show ever (laughs) Uh, started a war people it's the aussies (laughs) versus the american and alistair you can come on board as well you're an honorable aussie uh we're taking him no 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 can not do and we get the Canadians too. So David, you can come as well. Um, you can have part of them. We're going to take part of them. I'm getting summer, and uh, no, no, the pre- Canadians are ours because because we're all you know like part of the monarchy. Uh, this is going to end well for you. And, and we get the entire United Kingdom. We're we we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get you guys from all angles. Just you know. We're- Get the Chinese and send a million screaming China, a billion screaming Chinamen into Australia. Uh, they come now anyway. <laughs> Boy, that wasn't a racist comment, was it? 
They uh-huh. come on boats. They come on planes. Look, you, look. <laughs> in fairness, they bring beautiful food with them. Uh, look, you know, it, it just happens. It's happening in every country. People immigrate to different countries to where they want, and it happens. And I think it's amazing. I love the fact that, you know, in in the space of just a few generations, we went from being so isolated. And I mean all the world from really being isolated, a little less so in the Commonwealth nations like yourself, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, to a much more – I'm working with people all across the world. I mean not only the time zone things, but I mean I work from pe- with people from India. I work with people from Thailand. I work mm-hmm. with people from China. I work with – uh, South Africans. I'm working with British. I'm working with the Scottish. I'm work. You know, I work with Canadians. I work with um, Australians. Uh, no, you're not an Australian. Indian, <laughs> New Zealanders. You know, I work. Oh, fine. Have them, but not me. Well, I do. You know, I do work. I try to help out Gretel. So yeah, I do work with an Aussie. So. And listeners, I have spent an hour listening to Kevin, and he doesn't even want to work with me. <laughs> Mark's sad. Mark's sad. You know what? This is the end of Geekier Show Over for this week episode. God knows what it was, but you can go back to the beginning of the show and you can find out because I'm too lazy to look it up again. Kevin, where can the listeners find out more about you until you insult me yet again next week? Well, I will be loading my content missiles up, but you can always go over and find me on Twitter or app.net at uh, B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A or go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder and find links to G plus and whatever else I might come up with to do. Fantastic. And if you would prefer the make love, not war side of this war that we're on, the content wars, then simply follow me at markgreentree.com because the rest of the world won't use the guns. We won't pull out the big guns. No, that's right, listeners. We will make love, not war. So until next week, take care in a very disturbing way. Yeah, very disturbing. But also between now and next week, don't forget to hug anything but Mark as a geek. See, and, and he talks about wanting to, you know, blow us up, and he's the one hugging. I mean, there's the love, not make love, not wolf. I don't know, listeners. Kevin's a little bit crazy. See you next week. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMag.com podcast. They're conjuring with our minds. I wasn't ready. I think I think it would sell, like, insane amounts. I am the devil. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you heard it here first, folks. There's going to be a new, cheap, colorful iPhone. The low end will be $399, and the high end will be $499. Okay, so you think in the fall. So if they've not released a cheap iPhone by Christmas, Mm -hmm. I can go over there and punch your face. Stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. (laughs) Yes, we will. (laughs) 